0: Orbitable orbit orbit boo orbit a bee boo salakadoola, Michikaboola, bibbidi bobbidi boo. Put it together and what have you got? Bibbidi bobbidi boo. the spooky not really that spooky 13th episode of the hit the deck podcast where we're talking deck hockey street hockey ball hockey it's hockey in sneakers i don't know why i became dracula there that it just it's not that is dracula
1: associated with the number 13 sure he did that good. He did that good. Vlad Dracul. Yeah, he's so cool that he can't even see his image in a mirror. <laughs> he's cold <laughs> as ice there like
0: what hockey is played on. Nice, very good. Except our yeah. <laughs> podcast is about not playing hockey on ice. So it all doesn't come together full circle. <laughs>
1: We can still talk about ice hockey. It's the mother of all hockey. Do we need to start this thing over? 13 has reared its ugly head, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. (laughs) Don't ask why sports fans are superstitious. Yeah, well, why ask why? Good advice. (laughs) Though I don't understand why the most interesting man in the world has flown off to Mars or whatever. I don't always fly to Mars, but when I do, I
0: don't know where I'm going with that. Neither do the Dosekis people. I don't. Uh, uh, and who you may ask is spewing this inanity? Well, I think it's time for our starting lineup. And the starting oh. lineup, yes, yes. Oh, sorry, a, sorry. I, make, I there, uh, there there's somebody calling a, a timeout from the bench. Yes. May I make a suggestion? Yes, go ahead. Should should both
1: our numbers be thirteen for this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, that that's fine. All right, so um, I'll do the Italian. Ver- I'll do Tredegi the so there's no confusion. So there's, uh, you could have two thirteens on the same roster. All right, so in in goal, I am
0: for today only number thirteen, the American <laughs> Rhino Gary Macombsky, and my partner in thirteen on defense
1: numero tre the G, I'm James Jayzy.
0: <laughs> Okay, I was I was gonna try and do some kind of, you know what? Screw it! It doesn't matter. I'm not doing anything. Let's just get a move on. All right. Why? Uh, no, why are we dwelling on the number thirteen?
1: Don't hold back. Um, for a couple of reasons, and uh, we'll get to that in the on deck. As a matter of fact, so uh, leading things off, superstition is the way. And in honor of the 13th edition of Hit the Deck, and with May 13th being the only Friday the 13th of 2016, Gary and I are devoting this episode to the controversial number and overall superstitions in hockey. The Undertaker! The phenom has been associated with the number 13 throughout his illustrious wrestling career, so he must be acknowledged in this edition of Hit the Deck. Number 13 gets a bad rap. I don't get it. Some buildings don't even list a 13th floor for crying out loud. 13 is a fine number, and Gary and I will give some reasons why. And a hit-the-deck public service announcement. Mother's Day is May 8th. All good moms are precious, hockey moms included, so make sure you honor your deserving moms on Mother's Day, and God bless them for all that they do. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You are very welcome, sir.
0: Cool. All right. So we were going to talk about superstition, presumably superstition
1: in hockey. That's right. And uh, you know what? Like we said before, there's no uh, secret as to why sports fans are superstitious. So it just so happens that this is the 13th edition of Hit the Deck. And yeah, in a couple of weeks, it's going to be Friday the 13th. The the heck you say. of, Of the year. And with all that being said, Gary and I had a heck of a time trying to get this podcast off the ground with technical difficulties and and whatnot so it's true yeah go figure but um, (laughs) but tying everything in with hockey it's pretty much a known fact that a lot of nhlers throughout the history of the national hockey league have been and are very superstitious and uh, fans included But for the players themselves, a lot of them, particularly hockey, is is kind of pointed out, too. I mean, baseball players can be superstitious as well as NFL and soccer. Oh, any sport, sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But for some reason, I I don't know if it's just because it's a smaller family of fans and whatnot, but uh, NHL kind of stands out a little bit with that. And uh they're out in the open with it too it seems a little bit more with the example of the Stanley Cup playoffs are going on right now and uh sure. everybody I think at least every hockey fan knows about the playoff beard. Yeah, well, so, yes. Yeah. The
0: playoff um, beard wherein, of course you males generally I don't know if I don't know of many women that grow playoff beards but uh so men well, generally you will not shave your beard. Uh, Your face for the duration of the time that your team is in the playoffs and um, or or hockey players, many hockey players will not shave for the duration of time that they are in the playoffs because, you know, well, actually, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't know. Facial hair shouldn't have any impact on your team's performance, but that's why it's called superstition, because it doesn't make any sense. But you do it anyway because you believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that it impacts the game in some way
1: yeah and and the great goalie that you are you just saved me from a very bad racist joke so thank you for that anyway we'll move on with the with the beards but um (laughs) my pleasure yeah another thing is uh sleep habits too Uh, a lot of hockey players and 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 athletes uh in general are avid about i mean it's very important it, it sounds silly but it's very important to get enough rest in your life, in order to function properly. So, rule of thumb for most human beings is eight hours. Others, it may be twelve. It may be five. Whatever. Mm-hmm. All human beings are individuals, and uh, whatever suits your needs, do so. But
0: um, I just an aside. When I worked as a vendor at Shea Stadium many, many years ago. There was another vendor that I worked with, and he swore up and down. He refused to sleep more than five hours a night because he felt like doing so would be a waste of his time.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I'm on the other spectrum there. I'd be dead if I only got five hours of sleep. Yeah, I likes me some sleep as well.
0: Just ask my yeah. wife.
1: There you go. And uh, for what we do in deck hockey, it's very strenuous, and Lord knows what an NHLer has to go through. Oh, no doubt. But, uh, yeah, uh, even with taking naps in the afternoon, it, uh, naps aren't just for young kids, but uh, adults could benefit from them as well. Like 15 minutes, nothing too crazy, but just to to get your body in order and getting your muscles ready and things like that, and even your mentality, getting your, your mind ready, too. So a lot of players will have to get X amount of sleep before a game, the night before a game or hours before the game starts and things like that, catching a nap or two or whatever the case is. So that's one of many superstitions that they have, which may be, not be so much superstitious as more beneficial. But again, do you suffer from fatigue, tiredness, general lack of energy? Try a nap.
0: Naps. They're not just for children anymore. That's NAPS. Thank you, sir. You got it. uh,
1: Another thing, too, are meals, believe it or not, what the players eat. And that could go from breakfast through lunch through dinner and post-game meals as well. So if, let's say, a player had a good game one night and uh, one morning of that particular game he ate some oatmeal with cinnamon and blueberries in it so therefore Mm -hmm. that's why he had a good game that night so course, you know he'd have to continue that tradition of the oatmeal and and blueberries until maybe he doesn't perform well or he gets hurt or something like that and then he got to try something new it could be pancakes one day or wheaties another day whatever it
0: makes perfect sense to me man i mean oatmeal with cinnamon and blueberries has a shelf life no doubt but until that
1: unknown expiration date hits, you gotta run with that. There you go. Very good point. And uh another thing too is warm-ups. A lot of players have very particular routines that they do. And if it's a night game or an afternoon game, back to back games, things like that, they have to warm up in a certain way, in a certain time, X amount of Hours, if you will, before the puck drops. Sure. And they have to stick to that uh, stringent routine, too. So that's, I think, maybe, like, um, which Gary and I have uh, a little teaser for the fans out there with a new segment called Road Trip that uh, Gary dreamed up, and I think it came out pretty well, but that'll be in future Hit the Deck podcasts. But we kind of delved into that for that segment. And, I have a um, question
0: just to interrupt you for yeah, a second. Sure. Sh- Sure, Why is it every time I come up with a segment, it's Gary had this great idea for a segment. And every time you come up with something, which is to say everything else we talk about on this podcast, it's just this is what's on the
1: podcast. Because you do about 99% of the work on this podcast. So if I can contribute a little bit, that's good enough for me. You don't have to <laughs> give me public credit cool. for
0: it all the time. The, the, the listeners don't need to know how the sausage is made.
1: You're Mr. Gary Maxer, the rhino, the American rhino, so everyone should appreciate how great you are. Nope, so n- n- they, oh, n-
0: no sausage. No sausage. Bacon only.
1: <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I've been completely derailed, but. Bacon. Road trip. It, it's, it's, it'll, it, it's good. Look forward to it. Yes, exactly. Bacon. There's another great meal to have, bacon. I mean, hey, it doesn't matter if you're playing well or not. You Go with the bacon. Bacon. It doesn't matter if you're playing well or not.
0: Go with the bacon. I, I can run with this all show.
1: You are dropping PSAs left and right, man. That's yeah. great. Uh. So from there.
0: <laughs> Sponsored by people who love bacon, which is basically everybody.
1: Oh, yeah. Come on. Equipment, believe it or not, is very important to a hockey player's performance. Yes. And, Probably yeah, make- shouldn't
0: make it out of bacon, though. No, delicious.
1: No. Not very protective. Although that's a good strategy because if somebody's dangling bacon in front of my face, I'm I'm not gonna play the puck or him. I'll go right after the bacon. And it's bacon, 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 bacon. bacon.
0: James doesn't know it's not bacon.
1: It's <laughs> bacon. <laughs> I hope nobody's scouting us. But anyway, that's
0: yeah. Uh... yeah I can just imagine dangle bacon. <laughs>
1: that's that that goes right at the top of the sheet <laughs> so uh for regular you... equipment that's not made of bacon, yes, um such as hockey sticks let's let's say there have been stories and we've we've touched on this and and hit the decks past that uh hockey players do actually even sleep with their hockey sticks and mm-hmm. take very, very good care of them. Sure. Like and and just to clarify, they sleep with their sticks like a child with a teddy bear or something. It's just that they care very much for it and, and uh it's like an extension of themselves and when you're playing well you're not thinking about your gear at all. You're just reacting and playing and it'll it'll serve you well.
0: Yeah, right. If if there are some players who do other things with their sticks, we No judgment, but that's not something I need to know about.
1: Right. Same here. So um, another thing is, believe it or not, and as Ranger fans, as Gary and I are, the option of wearing visors in the NHL. A lot of players are superstitious about that too, whereas I think it's more of a comfort thing. But Mark Stahl of the Rangers, I remember a few years ago he – took a puck to the face or something and and Mm -hmm. and he was out for a considerable amount of time
0: yeah 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 so
1: yeah um, when he finally came his
0: his that that you're talking about when he he added like his orbital bone crushed and he was uh yeah he he was out for quite a while
1: yeah and uh just to give you an idea of how superhuman these hockey players are how he was able to come back from that and, and still continue to have such a fine career is just amazing. But he, when he came back, he had to wear a visor. And, and I remember him saying that it was a big adjustment for him. And a lot of players, especially playing defense too, you better do everything you can to protect yourself in the NHL because of, as we've said again many times, that the players nowadays are a lot stronger and the puck's coming at you a lot faster and harder than it has in the past. So you can, like Gary said, I mean, it's it's literal bone-breaking uh, velocities that these uh pucks are flying at you, so a lot of players feel that after they get past the college level to just go without the visor and, and play and uh even in the past, it blows my mind how players and, and we've said this about goalies especially used to play without helmets at all and uh but the the visor Who, thing is kind me? of a thing that-
0: actually not me i'm not going to take any kind of credit for that
1: i Even with the ball, uh, you take shots and it it, it, it at least stuns you, if not uh, hurts you. As a matter of fact, uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were playing, unfortunately, one of our teammates and members of the LIQ, Chris, uh, word of advice. I I have such a terrible shot that the safest place to stay is right in front of me because that's not where the puck's going to go. So I took a shot and unfortunately it went directly into Chris's face. And uh, what a Stone Cold would be proud of this man. He was one tough SOB, could, took the shot, directly, direct hit on his mouth. And, you know, he could have even lost teeth, and he just shrugged mm. it off like it was nothing. So that was mighty impressive. So yeah, way to I man apologize. up, Chris. Way to be a hockey player. Absolutely, man. And uh, I'm so very sorry. but Man anyway. up
0: is misogynistic. I apologize.
1: That's okay. It's the 13th episode, so it's just kind of a spookiness in the air. <laughs>
0: yeah okay we'll we'll uh call gender insensitivity spookiness that that's sure
1: we were possessed we weren't speaking on our own merits but anyhow (laughs) hey come on now i mean uh if you haven't heard the podcast yet gary is the most understanding and champion of of equality out there so well i don't know if
0: i go that far i mean on the podcast i champion. Uh, equal treatment for women because, you know, they're human beings and I would imagine deserve the same kind of respect and deference that you would give to any of the other half of the human race. But, you know, I'm not somebody who goes out there on the weekends and goes to rallies for equal rights for people. I'm not that guy.
1: Well, I'm not so sure about the mentality of those folks either. But, you know, we're not oppressing anybody. (laughs) And uh, if anything, we don't need to be as fair and 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 um, open as we are. So that's that should be our that... new tagline for the podcast. What <laughs> the, <laughs> the hit the deck
0: podcast? We're not oppressing anybody.
1: We're ignorant bastards. Do what we say, or else. Uh, anyway, so getting back to the superstition part, uh, another quick thing is that I've heard stories of hockey players, in particular, that if they go on a winning streak, they actually wear the same underwear. Hopefully they clean it in between games, but whatever works.
0: I completely forgot about the topic conversation. I'm glad you were able to bring us back to that.
1: Well, I mean, I'm not that smart, so that's why it's good to to write things down first, so we could always kind of uh, double back. I so, lost the thread for the uh, the the topic, or yeah, yeah no, I'm just saying, I, <laughs> I completely,
0: I completely lost the focus of the discussion. That's that's all. All
1: right, that's you know. Hopefully between the two of us, we can figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another thing, too, is uh, not sure if this qualifies as superstitions, but they are at least interesting and quirky. Uh, in today's edition of The Wall Street Journal, and that being May 5th, at uh, the recording of this podcast, there is an article written by Pia Catton I believe is how you pronounce the name, about this upcoming weekend's Kentucky Derby horses and the names of the horses. So this was a total fluke. Gary and I prepare the show at least a a week ahead of time, if not longer, so we can sound somewhat professional and hopefully entertaining. So opening up the paper today and seeing this article was really quite astounding, and and the coincidence is amazing, so believe it or not. But uh, the other thing, too, is that Gary taught this little tidbit to me, as well, is in the article, it's the horses are listed in post position order. So the horse that stands out for our purposes is listed as number 13. (laughs) And the reason being that it ties in so nicely is that the owner of the horse is a tremendous Detroit Red Wings fan, and he has had horses in the past that have competed in the Derby. One of them won in 2012, as a matter of fact. But this year's horse is named after Gustav Nyquist of the Detroit Red Wings, and in the past he's named other horses of his after Lidstrom, Hudler, and Zetterberg as well. <laughs> Hockey horses. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to see a horse on 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 skates, but whatever works. So that that's pretty interesting. But the thing that I get a big kick out of is uh, I love the Titan brand hockey sticks. Yeah. So they, yeah, I have one that's actually twenty years old, a hockey uh, shaft from the mid '90s that I still use today, and I love it so much. And that I you sleep re- with it. I do not actually oh. no, but <laughs> I do try and take very good care of it. And uh, so one day after a game, Gary and I are driving home, and I would refer to it as number one, because any hockey player needs a stable of sticks just in case things break, whatever the case is, or maybe you have different blades or curves and stuff, so you want to work with what you're doing that day. And so Gary just said, oh, just call it Riker already. We're huge Star Trek fans, and we make no apologies for that as well. So if you don't follow this segment, do yourself a favor, Google Star Trek, and you'll this will all make sense to you, and shame on you for not knowing this in, in, in the first half. So
0: I, I don't remember putting it quite that way. No, you were much more kind
1: about it. It was probably more of a, do you call it Riker? <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I wasn't that clever to, to, to make the connection, but um, in Star Trek The Next Generation, the first officer to Captain Jean-Luc Picard is Commander Riker, and his title is number one, or at least that's what his title is first officer, but... Captain Picard refers to him as number one. So with my Titan stick that I referred to as number one, Gary suggested or recommended that I just call it Riker. So from now on, my first number one hockey stick, the 20-year-old one, is known as Riker. I do have two other Titans. Mm -hmm. So one of them being named Mr. Spock, of course, who's I think my all-time favorite fictional character ever. And the third one is Old Man. (laughs) <laughs> now, apolo- yeah, uh, apologies to First Officer Kira Nairis of uh, Deep Space Nine, but the relationship between Captain Sisko and Curzon slash Jadzia Dax was just too cool to pass up. Plus, I had a huge crush on actress Terry Farrell, so I figured uh, why not name the other stick uh, old man in, in honor of that character. So You weren't alone
0: in that crush, James, I believe for, for- – at least one year if not several years she was the most downloaded image on aol back in the 90s when we were able to track such things
1: yeah it was uh i was probably just as guilty in in contributing to that too so there you go so god bless star trek and and thank you for naming my trusted hockey sticks it makes it a little bit more personable and sure uh, and uh when you score a goal it's it's even cooler Mm -hmm. but um you got anything else to to contribute to the superstitious stuff anything that you do particular in uh in terms
0: of hockey superstitions no yeah. not not really as a player like you said we'll talk about some of our fan superstitions in uh, the road trip segment in a few weeks but as a player, no, I can't really say that there's anything I do. I mean, I have routines, but that's not really the same thing. That's not like a, I do this because I think it'll make me win. It's just I do this because this is how I prepare for a game. You know, it's it's um, no, no, I have nothing interesting to contribute to this conversation. So rather than prolonging it, I'm just going to say let's move on.
1: You, sir, are normal and have your head screwed on right. So congratulations. How dare you? I'm sorry. How dare you? How long have we known each other? Oh gosh, man! What,
0: what, what what did I ever say to you to make (laughs) you accuse me of such a thing? I'm sorry. Normal. (laughs) Ugh. Ugh. Uh, I'll go in the penalty box now. Next, uh, you're gonna uh, start accusing me of rooting
1: for teams from the Bronx. Oh, no, hey, never. I, uh, 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 I would – no, not if you murdered an innocent child on Christmas morning would I accuse you of being that mean and nasty and heartless and gutless and spineless. And-
0: well, If I murdered an innocent child on Christmas morning, I think we'd have bigger problems than that. <laughs> like yeah. What, what baseball team I rooted for.
1: <laughs> so anyway, um, like we said uh, – we're huge wrestling fans and and our favorite wrestler of all time is The Undertaker and with his persona they have tried to tie the Undertaker in with the number 13 now uh, a couple of examples came out of that but uh you know for concrete examples Gary and I kind of struggled to come up with multiple examples and um you know Gary's definitely a bigger, more knowledgeable wrestling fan than I am, but actually can't... before
0: before we jump into it, there there is one thing I can say that ties into the podcast so far about The Undertaker. We talked before about how Mark Stahl got his orbital bone crushed by uh, a puck and he he actually missed four months because he, you know, his face was a mess. It was, you know, it was Bones were crushed, his face was deformed, and it was very dangerous for him to play because he risked further damage to his eye, which, you know, vision is pretty important, so you don't want to screw around with something like that. The Undertaker also had the misfortune of having his orbital bone crush during a match but he did not miss four months he put on a mask wrestling fans may know it as the infamous phantom of the opera mask that he had for a little while and he wrestled like it was his job which coincidentally it was but uh you know he uh you talk about tough guys there's tough guys and there's tough guys and uh that's a guy who i mean lots of wrestlers are tough but you know, when you're when part of your face no longer looks like your face, it might be time to take a little break for some people, for most people, probably, but not for all people.
1: Yeah. And again, Gary and I being wrestling fans and for those of you out there who are not and just consider oh, wrestling's fake and and blah, blah, blah. These guys are elite athletes, and when they get hurt, they severely get hurt. So, okay, fine. They're not literally punching each other in the face because they possess the power to crush bone, uh, literally. But um, Unless you're talking about bone saw. Yeah. So mistakes happen, and falls don't go according to plan, and Lord knows what can happen. So even just getting jarred. The wrong way from taking a fall incorrectly or whatever the case is so to be performing in a violent environment like wrestling and not missing any time while your face is literally busted is just amazing so yeah the the undertaker is just taking it to a whole other level and another thing that ties into uh the deck hockey part is like we said gary is such a huge taker fan that you have the Undertaker emblem on one of your masks.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, we've talked about this in previous podcasts, so I'm not going to dwell on it too much. On the mask that I painted, I have the Undertaker logo prominently displayed on the uh, the like the the chin area, and I also have a almost 20 year old bandana that I wear. That's also Undertaker themed it still says WWF which is a dirty word now in wrestling but once upon a time that was the name of the company and uh, it's faded and it's been washed many many times especially since I started playing hockey in it but you know it's my it, it's it's a little one way for me to kind of it helps me put on my game face you know it's it's just it, it's part of my uh, my gear um, even if it's not actually protective you know it's functional in that i sweat a lot but it's not protective and functional in a hockey sense it's it's more of a psychological edge but it's something important to me so that that's your little tangent
1: well you're doing proud too because uh i mean you you play in a lot of pain a lot of times too and uh, especially being a hybrid butterfly goalie and having knee problems i don't know how you do it so But that has nothing to to do
0: with 13, unless we're talking about the number of times I've probably injured my knee during a game.
1: During a game, exactly, yeah. But, uh, okay, to sum up The Undertaker, uh, The Dead Man, won his second WWE World Championship title at WrestleMania 13. I think it was still uh, F then. Yes, that's right. And um, with an assist by The Hitman, not that The Taker needed it, but uh, personally I was in wrestling heaven with both men being my favorite wrestlers ever. So, yeah, I would never be one to ever uh, insult the great undertaker at all so with like we said 13 being tied in with death and spookiness and and aura and that being the undertaker in the world of wrestling uh, we weren't going to leave him out as to just in case not tick the man off and and we love him and thank you
0: i think last week or the week before we actually managed to make it through a whole podcast without a pointless wrestling reference I, i don't know how that happened maybe it'll happen again someday Wow, there's a fluke. <laughs> anyway, but, uh, yeah, moving but, on for the, you know what, number, James? But, wrestling that, gets a bad rap, and so does the number thirteen. Well done, man. Thank you, thank you. You can't you, you, you can't see, but I'm I'm taking a bow right now because I'm I'm just in awe of my own brilliance at a segue. Thank you, thank you, thank you,
1: thank you. Yeah, you know, um, in other countries and and from my family roots, in Italy specifically, the number 13 is actually a lucky number. And uh, as we alluded to before, the expression fare tredegi, which rough, literal English translation, translation is to do 13, but uh, it actually means hit the jackpot. So, uh, and I apologize. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) sorry, that was a little loud. Butchering the... (laughs) butchering the Italian language. Another cool thing about the number 13 and uh, and the great, beautiful country of Italy is uh, St. Anthony's Day is June 13th, the 13th of the month of June, as we just said, and uh, my dad and brother, who are both named Anthony, as well as my sister-in-law's father, were all born on the 13th of the month, so... Yeah, my dad in January, my brother July, and my sister-in-law's dad in April. So, that's good. And you yourself just celebrated a birthday this past
0: week. Not that it has anything to do with 13, unless you just turned 13 again. For You you didn't. You didn't turn 13 again. But I just wanted to mention it because happy birthday, James.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Sure. But uh, yeah, 13 was many, many moons ago, and no, I would not like to return there, so quite past that actually i'm I'm, I'm only a couple of years away from 40 now so anyway but thank you very much i appreciate that uh so it's it's
0: almost the third anniversary of your 13th birthday or the third 13th that's right yeah you know what i'm saying (laughs) math (laughs) math (laughs) it's the foundation of our
1: society math and keeping with my family and, and, the, and the number 13, the end of this month will mark my brother and sister-in-law's 13th anniversary. So that's hey. Yeah. And uh, my dad's favorite musician, Mr. Johnny Cash, actually wrote and recorded a song entitled 13. Hm. So that's, that's another good thing. I don't know and if you watched June-
0: House, but there was a character named 13. Well, nicknamed 13.
1: Oh, was that uh, Olivia Wilde, right? Yes. And she's another one of my many, many celebrity crushes. So nicely. Good assist there, GMAC. You got it. So getting back to the hockey point of view for the number 13, as it turns out, uh, the benefit of Google and the Internet is that you can Google most anything. And I was just curious to look up great players who have worn the number 13 in the NHL. And a gentleman by the name of Jason K, already. did put that together for us so back in june 13th of 2014 he wrote for the hockey news his top 10 great number 13s and we kind of stretched it out to include the number 13 but for him the top three we'll just say best players in the nhl that wore the number 13 were number one pavel Datsuk, number two matt sundin and number three, Temu Solani. Now, uh, you may think, hey, wait a minute, Temu was number eight and all that. But for his least rookie year, he was number 13 with the Winnipeg Jets. So, that in, I mean, these guys were just that, that they wore 13 at least once in their careers. It doesn't have to be from beginning to end, number 13. Hmm. So, yeah, so going down the line uh, w- with, with his top ten, uh, I just included, Gary and I included Ray Ferraro. Islander fans out there definitely know who he is and appreciate him. You can take Okunin. credit. I, I had nothing to do with
0: this particular list. You Take take full credit for this, James. All
1: right. Uh, anyway, yeah, so Ole Jokinen And for the 13th, for all of you listeners out there, and thank you for listening, uh, you're invited to weigh in on who your number 13 favorite is who played in the NHL. So we'd like to hear from you there. And uh, as Gary always does at the end of every show, you can email us at hitthedeck@gmail.com at gmail.com, among other ways to contact us through uh, our social media, through Twitter and Facebook as well. But um, anyway, so another great thing about 13, The Undertaker. Uh, weren't you paying attention to us before? Just a little pop quiz there. And I wouldn't blame for- you if you weren't. Yeah, I kind of zoned out myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, this guy has to be mentioned because he's just too darn cool and great and an amazing player, though it's not for the sport of hockey. It's the sport of baseball, and that is Mr. Edgardo Alfonso. The Fons. That's right, and uh, Gary has a very beautiful Edgardo Alfonso jersey, that he just wore last Saturday at the Mets game. And, if you uh, follow
0: us on Instagram, you may have seen it posted the last couple of days,
1: promoting right. this very podcast. There you go. And, yeah, just, just Fonzie is just one of, the, one of the all-time best players, at least in the New York area, if you don't know who he was. He was a tremendous player, an amazing infielder, too. He played all positions. He came up as a shortstop and then moved to second base and played third base as well, and he flourished. Uh, had over 100 RBI in at least one season. Was a consummate, uh, you know, like top 70s, er, high 70s, high 90s RBI guy. Uh, doubles. He was a double machine. Was great with two strikes on him. A hard-nosed player. Great teammate. And uh, just an all-around great guy. So Definitely uh, one of my favorite Mets of all time. Same here, man. Same here. So um, And his brother, finish. Edgar, coached the Cyclones for a while. That's right. Yes. So uh, – Good stuff there for the number thirteen. And uh that's it for me in, in terms of defending the the number. If you don't agree, I don't care. But... <laughs> <laughs> Please forward all
0: of your complaints to hit the at gmail dot com or complain to us on Twitter at hit the deck pod. And just to wrap a bow on what we were just talking about on
1: Instagram, we are at hit the deck. Attention David Jay Z. Yeah, yes, attention David Jay Z. So to to sum things up, and this has absolutely nothing to do with the number 13, but uh, it is a hit-the-deck public service announcement. That's Um, a hit-the-deck
0: public service announcement.
1: That's right, everybody. Mother's Day is at the recording of this podcast coming up this Sunday, May 8th, so Gary and I have wonderful mommies, we love them dearly, and we appreciate all that they have done for us and continue to do so. For us, countless sacrifices and, and all the love and care and just greatness, teaching, whatnot. So uh, if your mommy deserved of it, and, and I'm sure most moms out there are, uh, make sure you at least, even if you make your own card like you did when you were a kid or something, just, just <laughs> to flowers or a gift or, you know, the Mets are on the road. But uh, I've taken my mom to a Mets game a couple of times uh, in honor of Mother's Day as she was such a is such a big baseball fan so uh don't forget to take care of mommy because she's always taking great care of us and it doesn't matter how old you are it's cool to love your mom so acknowledge the great mommies out there please
0: do you have a mom sure we all do do you love your mom probably don't forget this sunday love your mom it's mother's day Last minute remaining in the podcast. All right, all right, all right. Let's wrap this up. Anyway, thank you so much for sitting through another hit the deck podcast a spooky not that spooky 13th episode of the hit the deck podcast for myself from james thank you so much for being a loyal listener follow us on twitter at hit the deck pod email us at hit the deck at gmail.com we're at hit the deck on facebook and instagram if you would like to subscribe to the hit the deck podcast you can do so on itunes and any number of other places where podcasts are dispensed.
1: (laughs) James, is there anything you'd like to contribute? I think I have properly stuck my foot in my mouth many a time tonight, so I'm just going to stop now.
0: All right. So thank you. One final thank you to Pops for being the voice of the podcast, to Anthony Sejaisy for contributing music to the podcast, and for the LIQ for sound effects used on the podcast. Finally, one last reminder. It's Tech Hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. You talked about how Mark Stahl had his orbitable, orbitable. Here we go again, orbitable, orbitable. Orbital. Why can't I say this word? <laughs> oh, what
1: is wrong with me? He told me about it. I didn't even know. I was like, I think he got his his face done. Got hurt. He don't needed to put on a visor. All right. <laughs>